Motormouths, Ditch and Bud on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Oh, yeah, here we go. It's time to talk about cars. That's what we do every Saturday at this time here on News Talk 98.9. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. Yes, we are the Motormouths. And uh, welcome in and thanks for tuning in and listening every week. We'll always start by ways you can communicate with us. We make it really easy. We're all over social media. Of course, you can find us on themotormouths.com. You can email us through there. You can find us on Facebook at the Motormouths. You can find me on Twitter at Bud Motormouth. At I am Ditch for me on uh, on Twitter, also on our Rick's Powder Coating text line. That's always an easy way to reach out to us anytime. Whether it's showtime or not, and you think of something, uh, you can text us at 901-683-0989. We got a lot to talk about today, and we want to uh, we want to first start by just kind of a little recap of last week and maybe even embellish on some of what we talked about last week. Yeah, I know I talked about a lot of diagnosis and I breezed through a lot of it. One thing I kind of mentioned was I was talking about vacuum leaks and, you know, in my garage, I'll take a can of brake clean and just kind of spray it to look for it. But if you go to a shop, they've got more sophisticated methods. And uh, usually what they're going to do is something like a smoke test. And I never, I didn't get a chance to really uh, get to this because uh, I was talking over myself. But uh, basically what they'll do is they'll hook up like a fog machine to like your intake or what have you and use that to kind of you know they look for where the where the fog is leaking out and that's how they're gonna do a smoke test and and again i gotta say they've got much more sophisticated techniques than what i'm gonna use in my garage uh something else i want to point out ditch i noticed uh that i that i said that there's two to four oxygen sensors on any car on, on most cars and that's any car that's got two exhaust manifolds you know if you got a four cylinder it's gonna have one upstream, one, one downstream yeah. uh, oxygen sensor. But anyway, I just kind of want to bring that up. You said you got you got some updates on this situation with Hyundai, right? Yeah, Hyundai and Kia, as we told you last week, and if you drive those cars, you know that you are at risk of getting dropped from your insurance provider because of theft. The auto theft uh, with those particular models has been crazy off the charts. Hundreds of them just this year in the Memphis metro area as well as Infinities. Infinity is not part of this. Infinity is a completely different issue. But the Hyundai and Kia theft problem was because of software, and it was easy, essentially, to get in. And You can teach anyone how to steal those cars steal in your five car. minutes. Yeah, with a couple of very simple things that most of us already have. And so it's a lack of a immobilizer is what they call it. And uh, it, free of charge to owners now, there's been a software update. Isn't it funny that these manufacturers have now all of a sudden decided, well, okay, I guess we'll we'll make this readily available at no cost to our to our uh, customers because the insurance companies were threatening to drop because that's who was really that was going to hurt their sales once you hit them in the pocketbook, man, hurting the insurance company's pocketbook, which in turn uh, hurting the sale of these cars because no one's going to buy these cars if they can't get them insured with and, their with their regular insurer and to go to some some off-brand insurance company and there was a big social media uh thing that did really really got things going initially and nhtsa started to uh, put some pressure as well and now urges owners to uh, get your hyundai and your kia updated with this free update so it is available uh, and Hyundai also will provide to its customers a window sticker alerting thieves that the vehicle has been equipped with this anti-theft update. Oh, now it's just going to challenge them. Right. You know? That's a good point. It's like, okay, oh, wow. Oh, uh, which does a uh, little bit of a sidestep ditch. Did you see that video I sent you about the guy with the razor wire all over the bottom of his car? Oh, yeah. To protect his, to protect uh, catalytic, his converter. catalytic converter. That's I thought what? that was actually 
on the surface, a really good idea. I, when I first saw it, I thought he drove over some razor wire and it got all tied up. I'm like, oh no, that's there on purpose. It is. It is. I'll uh, I'll go ahead and tweet this out. Do. on my Twitter. It's uh, it's it's wild. It is it is a terrifying amount of razor wire. And if I saw that as a thief, I'd be like, okay, yeah, no, I'm just gonna move right on to the next one. I'm not messing with that. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a desperate way to say, all right, fine. How about this? How about we wrap the undercarriage of our cars in razor wire to keep you from cutting out the catalytic converters? Uh, also, one thing on the Kia and Hyundais, um, uh, the NHTSA is also providing law enforcement agencies with 26,000 clubs, the steering wheel locks. Right. Um, and... Right here in Memphis, they're doing another giveaway specifically for Kias and Hyundais. Really? And it's essentially the old clubs. And, you know, those used to be kind of a joke. When you first got them, it was cool. And, and then I you still saw, remember the commercials you, ages ago. You saw them on cars that really the club was probably worth as much as the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, it works. It's, an, it's a very basic, but it's effective. And, and I saw on social media... When I tweeted out about it, some somebody, of course, replied and said, oh, well, all it's going to take is the right equipment to cut that thing off. Yeah, but the point of thieves is they're lazy. Some of them may be smart, but they're still lazy. They want the least path of resistance to right. get your car. And if your car's got a club on it, they're like, oh, crap. On, I'm to, gonna the have, on to the next one. On to the next one. I'm not going to stop and cut this thing off. They're going to move on to the next one. Same thing maybe even with the razor wire under your car about the catalytic converse. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's my suspicion is they'd see that and say there's 10 other cars in this parking lot and just move on. Yeah. So that, that's a that's an update that I wanted to bring up. Also, yeah. pay uh, attention to what the insurance companies are doing. They they spend a lot of money to make their decisions like that. Uh, I also want to point out, you know, on finances, because we on uh, Memphis Morning News, we have a money segment every week. And one of the segments that this week, which is relevant to the motor mouths, was this is the time of year when the financial advisors will tell you this is a good time to look at your car insurance and what kind of did, uh, things you can change on it to save money. Right. And I went through the list and I ended up almost cutting my insurance bill in half because I realized I was paying way too much insurance for a, a pickup with 203, check that, 302,000 miles on it. Right. And uh, my insurance bill went from about 500 a month for not just my truck, but for other cars, down to 239 Yeah, man, just put a put a couple, you know, $100 bills in your wallet. There's your insurance to replace it. Well, I mean, at this point, uh, so th that, that's another I, I think thing. it's safe to say you got your money's worth out of that truck. Oh, no, I have, but, uh, and it's still running, too. So one thing I've done to lower my car insurance is I put my HHR in storage mode. What most car uh, insurance companies will do for you is if you have a car that's in storage, but you still got plates on it, so say you've got a... Uh, you know, you know, you got a really nice convertible. You don't drive in the winter. I know that's not as big a deal down here because the winters aren't so bad here in Memphis. But like up in Chicago, I had a routine with this every year because my Marauder, I did not take that out in the winter. It did not touch snow. So from the months of like October to April, it was in the garage, mm -hmm. and I'd keep plates on it because I, I didn't want to have to keep getting new plates every year. But I would. You can call your insurance company and say, Hey, this car is going to be in storage. For you know, foreseeable future, you know, give them a give them a window of time, and you'll they'll they'll work with you. And you, uh, I get sixty percent off basically. I get to keep my insurance policy because again, in in uh, state of Tennessee, in most states, if you have plates but you don't have insurance, you can get in trouble, and it's it's a total pain. And the, the, the they this is what happened when I moved here. Uh, Virginia had put in a put a block on my driver's license. I couldn't get a new driver's license in Tennessee because I was I had this discrepancy with Virginia. Basically, what happened was I moved 
and I changed my insurance policy from a Virginia policy to an Illinois policy. But I kept the plates from Virginia because they still were good. But for, as far as Virginia knew, I didn't have insurance on it. So they uh, started this whole big stink, and I went back and forth with the insurance company and with Virginia. I got it all sorted out, but that's something to just stay ahead of. So what I've done now is I put the HHR in storage because I made the decision ditch. I've, I'm keeping this Grand Cherokee. I've been waffling about this thing for almost a year, and I was going to turn around and sell it, and I couldn't part with it, and I, I figured out why it's because i like driving it too much <laughs> well that's 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 a good thing is if you like driving the car you have i mean uh, you spend a lot of time in it uh especially if, well bud bud's got a lot of cars so he can spend a lot of time or very little time in his cars those of us who just have one that's you know i spend a lot of time it, in right the old i hope you like it then if it's if it's uh, that one but yeah it gets me around <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well you, you, you must you won't let it die <laughs> yeah. but uh but anyway you know i've decided to drive it and what came with this was you know when i when i was planning on kind of flipping it i was going to you know i got it i got the transmission fixed that was the big thing when i bought that that jeep is the transmission was shot and i needed to get it get it rebuilt and the shop i took it to they did a great job you know, shout out to Coleman Taylor Transmissions. Those guys did great, but and it's it's running fantastic. It's all wheel drive, V8. It's much bigger, heavier, and and again, more fun to drive than my HHR. And it's got a tow hitch on it, and I'm hopefully going to be towing things now and again. So um, I decided to hold on to it. But what that means is, okay, now I actually have to spend some money on it. I was limiting how much I wanted to repair or upgrade or update on it because I was planning on selling it. Let the person who's going to buy it and drive it make it their problem. Not so much make it their problem, but you know, it, why, why put all this money in it if I'm not going to get any more return on that investment when I turn around and sell the car? But uh, I have a few things. The 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 you know, like the roof liner needs needs a little bit of touching up. There's a there's like a liner. I got to go over to the junkyard. It it needs a it needs a bracket for the. Uh, sway bar, but the big thing is the CV axles. Now, I, I know I noticed this. It's kind of funny. Second week in a row, I'm talking about changing out CV axles on one of my cars. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, basically, what what happened when I bought it, I heard it, and it, it, this is this is a great great bit of audio for what it sounds like when your CV axles are going bad. You kind of you hear that, wow. sort of, that sort of popcorn. What that is is I cut the wheel all the way to the left, and that's coming out of the right side. There's a there's a universal joint because it's, it's an all-wheel drive, but with Grand Cherokees, it's a solid front axle, but those are still considered CV axles because they've got that universal joint in them. So uh, there's, there's a drive axle going from the differential in the front uh, along the solid front axle to the hubs, and I'm... Basically, I already ordered the parts, and I'm going to go ahead and change those out relatively soon. That's one of those sooner rather than later. This this is the one thing that it needs that if I neglect it long enough and that axle snaps, I'm dead in the water. I can't mm -hmm. drive the vehicle anymore. And uh, this uh, this does bring me to – I'm also doing the hubs, and this does bring me to – have you ever had ditch like a while-you're-there repair? Oh, yeah. Like, well, you know you're already dismantling this part of it, and you might as well replace – you know, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing the CV axles. The hubs have to come out. Hubs are fifty bucks a pop. I might as well. I did the water pump on my truck, and I said, "Well, I'll take the pulley because I knew the pulley uh, uh, tensioner pulley was was kind of getting worn out. Right. Put one a new one of those on. While I've got the whole front end out, like the radiator and everything, put a new uh, serpentine belt on while I'm there. Didn't necessarily need it, but I'm like, oh, I'm here. Right. R rather than have to do this job again. Yeah. That's what I, and like that's what I'm doing with these with these hubs. That was kind of my attitude with the CV axles on the HHR. We had to do the uh, control arms, and, you know, while it was a part, I knew the CV axles were going to need to be done because that rubber boot was torn and all the grease had sprayed out, and it was only a matter of time before I started getting that sound, which, again, one more time for those who want to hear what a CV yeah. axle popping sounds like. That's... 
That sounds like you're uh, you're on high seas on an old wooden ship, <laughs> right? You but know, it, yeah. It, but and it's 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 a pretty. I mean, if you get that sound, you need to get your car looked at. Any any sound that's so, that prominent, you should. What's the extreme to that? If you continue to drive with that, what what'll happen is sooner or later that U joint will snap, and then the the shaft is loose. It's not turning the wheel anymore, and there's a loss in power, and you're you're gonna do more damage. You could you could go so far as to damage the differential and the wheel hub, the knuckle. I mean, it, it's kind of a who knows at that point how bad you're going to d- do damage. It's one of those things where we talked about last week when something needs fixed. If you don't fix it when it needs it, when it's making noise and saying, hey, fix me, fix me, it could lead to other problems with your car. And we were talking about that with brakes last week. Uh, when you he- start to hear a little bit of grind and squeak, if you don't let it, if you don't fix those pads when they need fixed, then you're getting into it for rotors, and it could extend yeah. in other parts. Well, so. well it's, if you don't, if you do just the pads, you're going to end up doing your caliper. You do, caliper, you give your pads, right. slap it, and then your rotor and your pads are under spec soon enough, and then your piston on your caliper is reaching out so far more than it's supposed to, and then that gets damaged, and you're you're so, you're done. But uh, it's so, a good example to get it done when you when it's noticed, right? And and on the on the while you're there repairs, uh, and you know, speaking of like the the HHR CV axle and the the control arms. Talk to your shop about about that as well. If they're do if they're if they're pitching you a hey while we're there we should replace this. Talk, make sure you're not paying double labor. If because for example those CV axles in my HHR he, I'm not paying for the control arms to come off twice. Control arms yeah. I, I paid for the labor on the control arms. I didn't pay for the parts because they were under warranty, but I paid for the labor and. I wasn't going to pay, I, I, you know, and, and and my shop, he worked with me, and uh, a lot of times they'll say, okay, we'll do half, we'll cut it in half. So you're saying it's okay to fair. tell them, hey, while you're there, would you look at that part as well and see if it needs replaced? I, oh, yeah, absolutely. And and, and I mean, and you're saying they sh- should they or shouldn't they charge you additional labor? You shouldn't pay labor for the same job twice. So, example, in order to uh, in order to do the CV axles on my HHR, you don't have to, but you can do it by removing the lower control arms. I was paying labor to have the lower control arms replaced, so they didn't have much more to do in order to replace the CV axles. So I, I didn't want to pay full price for the labor for the CV axles because they're, I'm already paying for labor for them to get to that point where they can replace yeah, them so they're already so they, they charged me half they cut it in half i think it was i think it was like a it was like a two-hour job they charged me an hour so you still you still should pay something because they're doing additional work but a lot of shops will work with you if if there's if there's add-on jobs and again it's a, it's a shop-by-shop basis uh and and it's just it's a conversation to have with your with your mechanic you know and they'll, they'll a lot of times they'll work with you and i you know talking about uh in, in real simple terms, like if, if you go in and they say, Bud, you need a new water pump. All right, well, how much is it going to cost? You know, $400, 500 whatever the cost is to do it. But we're going to have to, well, what's all the labor? Well, we're going to have to remove the, the fan, the shroud, maybe even the radiator to get really to it. Well, while you're there, when you have all that out, would you put in a new belt or check the belts or... And should they charge you more labor to do that? Again, like the the belt, I would say probably not because they have to remove and replace the belt completely for that it's job. A, right. Okay. So, uh, and typically, again, if you just say, "Hey, let's let's do that belt," typically they'll they they won't bother to charge you labor. But again, you it's it's a conversation you got to have, and this is why it's important to look over your quote. Most most shops, the way I prefer to, it, it to go down is say I go in for an oil change and I say, hey, well, you got it in the air, do an inspection. You know, they, they'll charge you five, ten bucks, uh, maybe twenty bucks for an inspection. Um, then then they'll give you they'll give you their 
recommendations and mm-hmm. they'll go over the quote. You should get a quote and get it emailed to you. And, uh, you know, my, my family and friends, I tell them, you send it to me. You send me your quote. Let me look at it. I want to look at the quote, not your bill, you know, because, <laughs> again, back to what I'm saying about your car guy friends. Your car guy friends want to hear from you before you make a move, not after. Not after. It, it, it's, 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 hey, can you help me not get screwed over? It's not, hey, I think I got screwed over. Can you evaluate the situation? Because it's it's still just all going to be unpleasant. But any anyway, ba- basically any shop is going to do that. They'll give you a quote list and you can evaluate that and make your decision on what you want to have up, updated and, and repaired. And I think, you know, that's a good time to, to talk about this. We had a message earlier and we're going to have her on with us. Julie's going to join us a little later. But to the point of what Bud just said, uh, we don't want to see your bill after it's done, and then you complain about the job that was done right. or ask if you got ripped off. Let's talk about what the options are first. Right. And that's what Julie's going to do. She's got a, a vehicle with an oil leak, and she's had, she's had one shop look at it, and she wants a little bit more eyes on it, and she's going to talk to us about that and some of her options. That's wise before she goes in. Cause one's and she gonna, sent us a picture, too, which she's is She's got a picture, helpful. and we're going to... We're going we're gonna to talk about that with her coming up in the next segment. This is good for you to listen to as well, and it shows the importance of having, you know, you don't have to go all over town and have multiple shops look at it, but she's got she's got one that's already looked at it and given her a diagnosis, another one she's called, and they want to charge her a diagnostic fee in addition to some other stuff, and that's what we're going to talk about with her and uh, whether we think uh, it's a good idea or not. Doesn't mean she will go one way or the other with what we say, but I think it's good for everybody to hear that. So we'll be we'll be talking with Julie in the next segment. Um, also, Bud, I think in the next segment we uh, need to talk about the list of buying a car. The there's you yep. have compiled a great list. Yeah, basically things what that you should was, uh, pay attention to before you buy a, car, a used car. Right, a used car. My my, what happened was my cousin was going out to buy her first used car. All the cars she's bought or received in the past, uh, basically her her dad went and inspected it for her. But he wasn't available, and she was, you know, she's a grown up. She's going to do it herself. But she called me and she was like, "Hey, what do I check?" So while she was on the way there, I said, "Let me call you back." I compiled a list of everything I wanted her to go through. She was looking at a Subaru, which she did end up buying. It's a nice little Subaru. I haven't. I haven't seen it in person yet, but I'm, I'm excited for it. I like Subarus, but I gave her a nice list of here's everything to do yourself, uh, you know, short of taking it to a shop and having them put it in the air, which, again, a lot of dealers, used car dealers, usually cool with, you know, if you're leaving your car and you give them your license and they let you take it sort of for a test drive, they'll let you take it to a shop and put it up in the air if they're confident in their product. Mm-hmm. If they're really weirded out by that, that that's that's kind of a red flag in my opinion. But again, case-by-case case basis, it just depends on the conversation you're having and who you're working with. We I want to update you also on some EV news this week. Ford is holding back production of the Ford F-150 Lightning. Uh, and this is due to, guess what? Oh, fires. I mean, is it fires? I bet it's fires. Battery pack issue. Uh, Here we go. The current F-150 Lightnings that are on the road are being recalled. Uh, excuse me, are not being recalled, uh, but undelivered trucks are staying undelivered for now because they're working through the issues that they have discovered with the high-voltage battery packs. That now, it be kind of uncomfortable if they're not recalling it. Yeah. Uh, the the F-150 Lightning too. by the way, is... Uh, not, as I understand it, the production truck that's going to be coming off the line at Blue Oval City. I think that's going to be... Um, Is that uh, the Maverick? The Maverick or another smaller uh, version. Um, maybe the Ranger. They may be... I don't know. if The Maverick's kind of a spinoff of the uh, Ranger, the smaller Ford truck. Anyway, it won't be the F-150 Lightning. That we know. Also, one other thing about EVs and dangers. U.S. Coast Guard issued a warning last week avoiding 
uh, shipping electric vehicles on saltwater ships. I wonder where they got that idea. And guess what? There's a big picture in their warning of the old Felicity yep. Ace that uh, burned, I don't know how many thousands of cars on that thing. It was, it was like 400 cars and like yeah. millions of dollars That's just what it down, was, the, yeah. down the drain almost literally. You know, uh, I did. I did have. A, I did have kind of a, a weird thought about this. How long before we see movies with over-the-top electrical car explosions? Because you know how they always do that in movies. They do these unnecessary, ridiculous car explosions. Yeah. But and, and we all know ga- gas cars don't blow up, blow like, up that. like that. What 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 is it going to look well, like when they start blowing up EVs? The reason, real quick, the reason for the Coast Guard's warning is then I said saltwater ships. You know why? Saltwater. They're finding uh, can harm lithium-ion batteries. And now they're worried about the 7,000 EVs in Lee County, Florida, because it's a beach community next to what? Saltwater. Here we go. So there's some things that we're learning about as we go. All right, we're coming back. We're going to have Julie on talking about an oil leak on her Hyundai and an important list of things you need to go over before buying a used car. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we're the Motor Mouths. More reliable than a North Star V8. The Motor Mouths, Ditch and Bud on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Glad you stuck around because we got some great information for you coming up here. Bud's got a great list of things, a checklist that you need to know about if you're in the market for a used car. Uh, but first, I just want to remind you, there's a lot of ways you can reach out to us. Uh, first, social media. Of course, you can find us on themotormouths.com. You can email us there. We got all our previous episodes available. Or if you missed something from this episode, you can go check it out there. Available on all your podcasting platforms. Also, you can check us out on Facebook, The Motor Mouths. And you can find us on Twitter at Bud Motormouth. And uh, I am Ditch for Ditch. That's just, right. I got you. And then, uh, of course, I got my YouTube channel, which I'm due for some new content. I'll be talking about this Grand Cherokee real soon and uh i've also i'm live on twitch uh it's twitch.tv slash thorty undead i play a lot of video games it's a different kind of content but you can chat with me in real time and i am always happy to talk about cars on my twitch stream and bud has a really cool train set if you watch him on twitch (laughs) i i I am i am a nerd to the surprise of nobody (laughs) that's right hey man it's important uh if you had an issue with a car uh whether it's yours whether it's somebody you know or work with we like to hear about it we don't always have all the answers for sure we have never said here on the motor miles that we're experts in this but we are we we do we do have experience but has got much more experience than i do i've got experience on my own truck and my daughter's car and over the years have worked on them and i've sort of got this love of taking things apart and putting them back together. What, what I always tell people, Ditch, is I am I have expertise, but I'm not exactly an expert. But I have spent Good. a lot of time behind the counter as a service writer. I've spent time under cars. You know, I started out as a lube tech at Jiffy Lube all those years ago. Like, oh, man, 20 years ago, I feel old. <laughs> well, it, so share your share your concerns, your issues, whatever. We'd like to hear. And we, we there's so many different ways, as we just said, to reach out to us. You can also do it on the Rick's Powder Coating text line, which is how... We heard from Julie. The number is 901-683-0989. And we want to welcome Julie to the Motor Mouse, who has uh, a story she wants to share with us and see if we can help her out. All right. Hi, well, guys. Hi. Hi. Welcome. And thanks for calling uh, the Motor Mouse today. And we wanted Julie to call in today because we got a message from her on our uh, on our Rick's Powder Coating text line. And we thought, you know what? This is a great conversation for our audience to hear because I think there's other people out there, Julie, who are having a similar problem to what you're experiencing. First of all, tell us what you drive.
drive the year and if you know roughly the miles. Yeah, I drive a 2016 Hyundai Sonata and it's got 85 to 86,000 miles on it. And is it still under it's still under warranty? You have like an extended warranty on it? Well, I think Hyundai comes with 100,000 bumper to bumper, okay. whatever that means. Yeah. So you're you're worried about what you told us in your message is an oil leak and whether it is uh, where it's coming from, but also about the warranty work on it. First of all, tell us what you've experienced with the car, whether it's you know in your garage, in your parking lot. What are you seeing? Yeah, so there's some drops of oil on my garage, and I took it to Firestone where I always go, and they, they diagnosed it for me, and they've quoted me to fix it, and they can fix it whenever I'm ready. But my problem is it's still under warranty, but how do I know if this is something that's covered to warranty? So my dealership want $200 to tell me if it's covered under warranty. And if it is, then they'll waive that 200 and fix it. But if it's not, then I've got to pay $200 extra to figure out if it's covered under my warranty. So it's like a risk, I guess. So they want they want to charge you a $200 diagnostic fee for an for an oil leak? Yes. That's, see, that's what's kind of weird to me because I know I know Firestone and, and a lot of shops, what they'll do is, is uh, they won't, they won't, they won't, that won't fall under a diagnostic. That will be either part of an inspection because when we, when we did it at the shop, that would just fall under the $10 inspection we would do. We'd look for the oil leaks, but if it was, and if it was something obvious, it's something obvious. Yeah. But if, uh, if it's more, you know, there's oil on the, on the ground and it's kind of a mystery, what would the next step we would elevate to would be to do a, a dye test. You put a little bit of dye in the crankcase and then we tell you, Hey, go drive it for a week and come back. And then you take out the UV light and you can see where it's seeping out. But oftentimes it's pretty obvious, which I saw the picture that you sent us it's clearly a valve cover uh leak is that so, what they told you it was they, okay so they did they did say yeah, it was a valve cover. okay mm-hmm. um and yeah the based on the picture you sent us it's clearly coming out of the top and the yeah. valve covers and and valve cover valve cover gasket very common uh maintenance item on, on cars Eighty five thousand miles leaking valve cover gaskets that's I, i'm not at all surprised by that it's very a, common a and a faulty valve cover gasket with that kind of mileage uh on most cars is not that difficult to replace is it but on a four-cylinder super easy you can do it in an afternoon and uh i would say if it's a v6 then it's a little bit more complicated that's where you're going to start to see those those uh higher maintenance co- or what do you call it higher uh, book hour costs because for the for the labor because with, with a v6 you got to you got to dismantle a lot more to get to that that uh the, the, the head that's in the back so to speak so uh, uh back uh, of the engine compartment i want to i want to be clear what julie's got if, it, if firestone said it's a valve cover problem there's some stuff on the top of the motor that needs taken off her concern is um it's a gamble for you. Do I just pay Firestone the quoted cost they gave me to just fix it? Or do I pay the 200 to the dealership to tell me potentially what Firestone told me and then their book hours, which is going to be more, is it it's, not? It's got to be like a three-hour job if it's a, it's a V6. So, yeah, it's got to be like a three-hour job at least. So yeah, you're, the you're, dealership quoted me like $500 more than Firestone. And if it is covered under warranty, they'll waive the diagnostic fee. But if it's not... And so it would cost uh-huh. it would cost you nothing if it's if it's under warranty. They they would Correct. said they'd waive that fee yeah. and it would end up costing you nothing. But if they that that is kind of bizarre because they should they should be able to tell you if a valve cover gasket is covered under the warranty. So it, here's the thing. He said it is, but there's some reasons for the leak that may not be covered. Bingo. <laughs> oh. Bingo, bud. That's it. Because you know, just like a, your insurance company does not want to pay for the roof of your house if they don't have to. A warranty company or a, a manufacturer who warranties their products will say all day long, oh, yeah, we've got a 100,000-mile warranty, but they're going to start asking you stuff. I, I'm just guessing. I don't know if they have yet, Julie. 
Uh, how often do you change your oil? What oil do you use? Those yeah, types are, are, of things. Did you did you go a thousand miles past when you were supposed to mm -hmm. on your on your oil change? Yeah, they're gonna they're they're gonna do what they can to, to get out of it. It is it is a gamble, and I don't envy you for having to try and make that decision. But uh, per personally, I mm, I mean personally, I'd do it myself. But that's not that's not an option. <laughs> that's not an well, option for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, maybe this could be a project for one of our shows. Yeah, and then I spill oil all over the parking lot, and Bohannon fires me. Right, I'm not no. not not falling into that <laughs> trap. But uh, um, no, but really, I I I would that that is that is a sticky situation for sure. And um, I mean, if it, if it were me, I, I I don't know, I don't know what what did they did they give you any reason why that why it might not be covered under the warranty? Uh, well, his only explanation was, you know, they've seen things where, yeah, there was a leak, but when they got in there, they found an animal in there that had eaten something and caused the leak, and they, the warranty won't cover that. <clears throat> and so I don't know what else could be on that list of reasons they won't cover it. That seems pretty extreme to me. Yeah. <laughs> it does to me, too, and I don't think it looks like that's the case. No, critters getting under your hood is a problem. I've seen them chew through wire harnesses. It's not a it's not a good time. But uh, but but have you ever seen a critter cause a, a valve gasket leak? No, absolutely not. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> but uh, you know you know how it is. I'm wandering off in every direction. But no, really, I, I that that is a tough one. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure what I would do. I mean, considering they're 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 going to charge you more if it's not under warranty. Um, well, I'm inclined. But it's not under warranty. So, but but here's the catch, and and this is this is where this is tricky. Here's the catch: uh, they will, if you if if they say it's not under warranty, so you know here's the cost. Um, you say no thanks, I'll take it somewhere else. Well, now you've already two hundred dollars into it for the diagnostic of it, right? Yes, and so, it's like a two or three month wait to get in there. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I, I, listen. So I don't know if I can. And, and, I don't know and, how and Firestone's telling you they'll knock it out in a weekend, or. Yeah. Yeah, they've already ordered the part. They have it, and they're ready for me to come in whenever so, I want. Julie, how long has it been leaking oil? Do you know? I do not know. And you you just started to notice it on your garage floor recently, or has this been something that's been ongoing? Recently. Okay. Yeah. I, it's one. It's I one of those. You know, the, the 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 worst fallout from from a leak on your your valve cover gasket is you got to add oil. You're losing oil, yeah. and it's making yeah. a mess. It's, it, you know, it's it's not going to affect. It gets all over the outside of your engine but and stuff like It that. is definitely yeah. something you want to address. But um, I, I certainly wouldn't want to wait two or three months to get it I done. It, 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 you know, it's dripping on your driveway or your 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 garage. It's you want you want that problem dealt with. It it sounds to me like the better the better move is you know if you've been going to these guys and using them and you you like them and you like the work they do. Just you know, they didn't charge you to diagnose it. And just I would ha I would me personally I'd probably just pay it let them let them fix it and and do that. D did uh, Hyundai say if the if having other shops work on it will will affect your warranty? I didn't even think to ask that. Oh, they didn't volunteer that though. That's a good question. That I, is I, a really good question, but yeah, because some some shops or some manufacturers I, I haven't personally experienced it, but I have, that's one of those things I've heard people talk about. Unless they they're say, certified. Well, if, if I bring it to you and have you fix it, then you know the dealer said it's going to void my warranty because they they have to fix it. So that's yeah. that's another question to be had. And, you, and uh, but again, your your warranty is going to be coming up soon as well too. I, I don't know how much more um, how much more mileage you're going to get out of that warranty if you're if you're only at fifteen thousand until it runs out. I, I tell you what, Julie, just based on everything we just discussed, if this was my car, we just talked me into going to uh, Firestone and getting it repaired there and just being done with it. <laughs> it's a relatively simple repair. 
It's not, you know, you're not going to be out tons and tons of money. Yeah, they uh, should knock that out in an afternoon. I think it's like a three-hour job if it's a V. It's a, it's yep. a V6, so it does take them a little time. they got some dismantling to do. And that that job itself should carry with it a 12-month, 12,000-mile warranty. If the valve cover gaskets start leaking again within that period of time, they should they should eat that. Oh, okay. So there you go. Let us know how it works out and what you decided. We'd like to hear, and I know our listeners would like to know, uh, you know, the Julie Hyundai oil leak saga in the coming weeks to let us know uh, what you decided and how it turned out. But we appreciate you sharing your, your concern with us today here on the Motor Miles. Thank you guys very much. All right. Thanks, Julie. And you know, but Julie may be soon in the market for, for another car. Maybe it's a used car. Maybe it's a new car. It's important, though, if it's a used car, that she know what to ask and what to look for. Absolutely. So, uh, like I said, I, I had a cousin, and, or I have a cousin for that matter, and she was in the market for a used car. She ended up getting a 2006 Subaru Forester with only 60,000 miles on it. I think it was actually a pretty good find. But this was the first time she had to go and do her own homework and actually check out the car herself. I Unfortunately, this is up in Chicago. I wasn't available. I always tell my friends and family that I'm happy to go and, uh, and, and, and you know, inspect a car for them and, and do kind of that legwork. You know, my, I told my mom, my mom for the rest of her life, she's never going to an auto shop. She's never going to a car dealership. That is my job. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so for my cousin, I said I was available to at least, you know, at the very least I can um, point you in the right direction. And, you know, she was FaceTiming me and sending me pictures and stuff like that so I could help her out. But uh, what I did when she, when she first called me and said, hey, I got to go check out this car. What should I do? I decided what, you know, would be a great idea, just compile a checklist. So so by the time she calls me, all this stuff is already, you know, done and she can, you know, we can talk about it. So I got the list here and um, I'm just going to kind of start rolling through it and you can tell me what you think. Dude. Okay, let's go. So if uh, you're in the market for a used car, listen closely. Here's so, Bud's checklist. So um, heat and AC, get in. Turn the AC all the way up. Check all the speeds of the fan, not just because uh, a bad blower motor will only work on high or only work on low. So check all the speeds of the fan. Make sure the AC is blowing cold and the heat is blowing hot. Great point. We have a, a station van that does not work on high. It only works on the low and mid speed. Yes, that is that is a dying blower motor yes, or a bad blower motor resistor. Usually you change both, though. If one goes bad, just change them both. You want to do the bounce test. So when a car hits about, eight, usually it's 80,000 miles, it's time to change the shocks. Rough. It's, it's different based on each car. Again, this is doing your homework. Find out what the manufacturer recommendation is for the particular vehicle you're looking at for the shocks. Because when shocks go bad, everything goes bad after mm -hmm. that. Because once your car st starts leaning too hard on turns, starts uh, rocking too hard when you stop or accelerate, that it's just it, you're, you're tearing your brakes up, you're destroying your bushings, your ball it's joints, putting all pressure of that. on other parts that, so that shouldn't I, be. I can't, I can't. And, and if a car has been getting driven around with bad shocks for a while, you might end up with a lot more repairs you don't want to pay for. So the bounce test is basically you just get all your weight on the car, give it a good shove so that the shock goes down and step back. If the car regulates, it, it just snaps down and, and, and straightens out and stops wobbling, you, you're in good shape. If And again, there's a lot of videos of this. There's a lot of bounce to, to it? Yeah, if it starts wobbling, if it continues to, <laughs> if it continues to wobble more than one or two times, or, you know, you can even push up on the side of the car and just kind of rock it back and forth, um, you know, like you're trying to flip it over in a riot. Don't do that. But, no, you can you can kind of rock it back and forth, and if it just keeps wobbling, you can kind of tell. Like, if, it doesn't seem like the shocks are there. They're not absorbing anything. This is also something you can feel when you're driving it, too. And, again, there's plenty of videos out there on how to check for good or bad shocks. And, I mean, we've seen cars roll down the road that have bad shocks, and they just sort of like... Yeah. They, they just down keep, the road. They yeah. just keep going yeah. after you go over a bump. So, definitely right. give it the bounce. 
bounds test. Uh, roll, roll all the windows down and up, all the way down, all the way up. Make sure the regulators aren't bad and the windows aren't off track now, or anything like that. What if one of them is real slow? Yeah, that's that's the sign of a dying motor or something's gummed up in the regulator. It's okay. the same repair basically because a lot of times it's that's one of those you know we've talked about while you're there repairs. Yeah. If, you know if you're doing the window regulator, you do the motor. You're doing the motor, you might not have to do the regulator, but it's it's one of those you've already taken the door apart. Um, all the power locks. Make sure all the doors are are locked. This this is back to that Jeep. I got that that Grand Cherokee. The tailgate doesn't lock, so that's I know I'm gonna and have that's to considered do, a door. Right. Yeah. And so that's something to, when someone can get in, even if the car is locked, yep. you know, so that's something to check all the, make sure all the locks lock the door properly. Um, it, you might want to bring a scanner. Some scanners, I know mine does, can tell if a code's been get, been deleted recently. This is something I can go into at length later. But, um, you know, you want to make sure, because a lot of times, you know, if someone knows you're coming to look at the car and it's a sketchy place and they might try to check clear engine the lights out, they'll clear the code right before you get there. Oh. This is why test driving is so important. You don't just drive it around the block, put a mile or two on the car, because if that check engine light comes back on, you need to know why. Now, my cousin, her... Her car, the check engine light came on as soon as they filled up the tank, and it was uh, it was the the uh, it seems to be it's the purge valve, which is from the EVAP. Basically, um, the the gas system is self con is contained so that you're not evaporating gas into the atmosphere right. and losing it. And uh, this, I told her, this is like a best case scenario if that check engine light comes on because a purge valve, very common repair. The car's been sitting sixty thousand miles on a normal on a like like seventeen year old car. This happens. Let me ask you about that. Do the charcoal canisters need replaced? The, the, you know, because it gets purged into that charcoal yeah, the, the canister. Pur the purge canister, yeah. sometimes, often it's the purge valve that okay. goes bad, all but right. sometimes the canister, it really just, it depends. This get that gets into the weeds of the diagnostics and all of that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, of course, check the tires. What's the, you know, you can, you can, you can get these gauges that actually tell you how many, uh, uh, 30 seconds of an inch, you know, 10, 30 seconds of an inch is a new tire. Anything below a four, it's looking at replacement. So you can actually check how much life is on the tires. The, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the penny test because you can get actual gauges i mean you go to a firestone they'll give them to you for free yeah and yeah. uh so you you want to check you, you can also check the age of the tires i was about to say you you you're big on that because bud looked at my tires and he's like dude these things were made and i don't know how old they were yeah. I, one of them every, i think i got at a junkyard and he's like this tire is not legal yeah every every tire has the week and the year that it was manufactured stamped on the side of it that is a that is a federal law from the department of transportation that the, the manufactured date of the tire must be stamped on it. So you can check those. And, of course, just look if they're dried and cracking. I was going to say, just because like it that. has tread on it still doesn't yeah, that's mean not that it's... that's not the only metric. Right, yeah. So that, that's that's another one. Uh, check all the lugs. Are all, I've, I've seen people, you know, they, they just bought a car. There's no there's there's four or five lug nuts on there. And that's one of those things where, where you know, you can just tell the guy, be like, it's missing a lug nut. You know, what's up with that? You know, just just a quick And eyeball. if you're selling a car, you would think that you would know to replace the lug nuts right. that's missing. Right. Um, check all the lights. Uh, and again, this is an easy one for a dealership. If you're like, hey, you know, I want to buy this car, but, you know, the, the tail light's out, they'll, they should most likely just knock that out for you without really too much friction. Um, and of course, you want to take it out and drive it. Uh, does it drive straight? Is it is it pulling one way or the other? Um, it, Can we go back to lights for a second? Absolutely. Lights, and you also mean the interior lights? Well, yeah, why not? Absolutely. You know, and, and uh, the one thing to check is, you know, most cars, when you first engage the ignition all the dash lights come on mm -hmm. and you want to make sure you're seeing those because if you don't see a check engine light while the dash light is light well while the you know the dashboard is doing that yep. then that could be a problem because then you start the car maybe the check engine light is throwing a code but the light bulb's out ah and and you you so that's something to look out for because almost all those lights are going to come on 
when you when you engage the when you when you put it into uh, when you when you turn on the ignition, but before you hit the starter, you got that. That's why that's why it that the Christmas tree lights up. Lights up and so everything, um, so you can know that it's working. And uh, the ABS light is another one to pay attention to as well, because an ABS light is I've, I've said this before, it's just as important as the check engine light because it has a lot to do with your drivetrain. And um, you know, if your ABS isn't working and you get into a slippery situation, you're not going to have a good day. Um, check check the shifting. Does the do, you know if it's an automatic, which almost certainly it's going to be. Um, you you want to make sure that it's going from gear to gear smoothly, and it's not. It doesn't feel like it's like it's jerking too hard or and it's hesitating. It, was the way to test that? You shouldn't really feel it shifting, right? For the most part. For the yeah. most part, yeah. you can. You can. You, I mean, if you've been driving cars long enough, you can kind of tell if there's an irregularity. Yeah. And uh, again, it, it's going to come down to how it how it feels and, and what you think. This is why you bring someone with you if you can to to kind of give you a second opinion, but. Um, you know, oftentimes if, if there's something really wrong with the way it's shifting, it should be pretty apparent right. that, that, that there's a problem there. And, um, you want to do a couple of braking tests, you know, don't, don't slam on the brakes and break the guy's car cause you don't own it yet, but you want to give it, give it some, give, give it some, you know, get, get up and kind of go a little hard on the brakes. Not again, not slamming on them, but, but do like what you would simulate like an emergency braking situation, you know, and, and make sure it's stopping properly. And if it's pulling. If it, uh, you know, we, we talked about this with with Jeremy. He said he uh, with his uh, FJ Cruiser, he yep. was saying that you know it was kind of pulling when he would stop, and immediately he thought brakes, and that that will happen if one brake is really functional and one is not, it's going to pull in the direction of the good brake because if you have a bad caliper on the left side, then that gate that brake isn't going to engage properly, and the right brake is going to yoink the car. So that's, that's a really important point. It's going to pull to the good side, right? Because that one's the one that's the one engaging. Um, and then, uh, you know, have, have a quick look at the exhaust. You know, and this isn't usually a deal breaker for me because the exhaust is always the first thing to rust. Always. And uh, it's because okay. of condensation. You don't mean what's coming out. You mean the actual condition of the exhaust the pipe. The actual <laughs> exhaust pipe, yeah. yes. Okay. If it's, if it's, it, it might be rusty. That's more for your own, you know, just to, uh, part of your calculation if this is a car you want. You might look at that, you know, like when my mom bought her, her Subaru, I looked at it and said, you're going to put an exhaust on this car. It, it doesn't need it now, but, I, you know, I could tell it was pretty rusty. And again, the, the exhaust is always the first thing to rust. It's not, like I said, it's not necessarily a deal breaker. Plus that car was a Chicago car, was yeah. it not? Yeah, and, and the suspension was all clean it was garage kept but the okay. exhaust was rusty and it's, right. it's it's again just something to kind of put in the back in your head you might you know to add to your calculation you might have to put an exhaust on the car if it's you know it's again 15 years old and almost 100,000 miles it very well might need an exhaust an exhaust system or at least part of it a new muffler something like that that's just something to pay attention to and then another really good one here the battery look at the battery most batteries these days come with a date stamped on them and see if it's got an old battery and if it you know you go to start it and it sounds like it's struggling that's that's of note that that could be potentially a red flag. If uh, or not even a red flag, but you might need to consider. You know, it might need a new battery, and that that could be part of your negotiation. And starting kind of a car should be immediate. It should not have to work to start. Yeah. Most cars should start pretty immediate, right? Right. And you 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 can hear if it's if it's kind of weak or it's struggling. You know, or if it's you know you've you've been there where your battery's kind of low and it sounds like you just barely, barely had enough yeah. power to start the car. <laughs> so that's something to pay attention to. If that battery's five years old, you might want to talk to the guy about you know before you before you put down any money on that car, put a new battery in it. Something like that, and then um, you know that, that. And does it sound good? And if it's if it's close to um, eighty thousand miles, fi see if you can find some maintenance history on it. It might be due for um, again spark plugs or which is basically a tune up. You don't really do tune ups anymore with fuel injected cars um, because uh, 
it, it, there's no carburetor anymore with yeah, the tune, but um, <laughs> spark plugs and coil, coil boots and uh, coils and coil boots do need to be replaced. Usually, eighty to one hundred thousand miles. And the visual tests underneath, you know, are the rubber boots on some of your mechanical things underneath the rack and pinion, and some of the uh, some of the steering suspension stuff where you have rubber boots. Are they are they you know cracked? Because yeah, those CV axles, CV are spraying, axles, they're yep. spraying grease all over the place. Yeah, those are some simple things. So there's a great checklist that you can uh, that you can uh, look at when you're going to go buy a used car. And of course, I'll post this checklist on the Facebook if you want to check it out. And uh, did I did I miss anything? You know, hit reach out to us on all those different ways we point. talk about it on the show. You know, Rick's Powder Coating text line six eight three zero ninety eight nine. There's definitely more. I would love to revisit this list. We've got plenty to talk about in that regard. But unfortunately, I think we're running out of time here, Ditch. I think so. We've got to go. But we always appreciate you listening, and uh, we can't wait to. Talk to you again about cars because that's what we do. We talk about cars. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we're the Motor Mouths.